and welcome to this Expert Insights CD. I'm Donna Hanson. Our Expert Insights CD series is designed to give professionals access to the latest trends, ideas, philosophies and approaches that impact on productivity, performance and achievement both in business and personally. We know that these days it's often hard to find time to step outside your world and explore what's happening in other organisations. Our Expert Insights CDs are designed to provide you with concise information on topics relevant to you on a regular basis in a format that maximises your time and keeps you up to date with current trends. In this Expert Insights CD, we speak with Connie Fife about how exit strategies can increase productivity. I'm going to be tongue-tied there. But first, a little about Connie. Connie Fife is a primetime radio host of Masters Chambers with Connie Fife. She is a global business celebrity, speaker, author, trainer, and executive coach that has worked for nearly two decades to inspire and equip business leaders in every realm to unlock organizational and individual potential to achieve organizational happiness. Connie's a former CEO of the Girl Scouts, United Way, and a director of the United States Chamber of Commerce. Connie knows from experience the impact of creating a culture of emotional engagement and achieving organizational happiness. Welcome, Connie. Lovely to speak with you today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Look, Connie, let's just start out by finding out how you came to work with organizations on, of all things, exit strategies. Well, imagine working with a client or a potential client and telling them that you're going to come in and you're going to help their leadership team, the C-suite, create their exit strategies. I know. So it's always, yeah. Counterintuitive. Always, right, exactly, exactly. But how it came to be was I was working with, with an organization, it was Coca-Cola, I could say that, mm -hmm. uh, with their executive team. And one of the leaders said to me, he said, I love your program. He said, you are providing us everything we need to get the team really working together and have that emotional engagement. But he said, you're missing one vital critical component. And I'm thinking, like, oh, what could that be? And he said, you're not working with us in how we create our exit strategy. Mm. And I was like, wow, because I talk about when I was done with Girl Scouts, where I like to say Girl Scouts left me <laughs> in, on June 30, 2006 at 4.02 p.m. <laughs> not that you're holding a grudge or anything. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, but I say that they left me and I didn't have plan B. Mm. So that's how this came to be because – organization and they're even happier knowing the organization is happier the leadership teams are happier knowing that if that time where the come plan b is in place and they're happy knowing that yeah i can go off to something else i can go off to that next season in life as they call it and that's how that that whole thing came to be and once i started doing that it, it really niched my business and what i do when i when i'm working with organization organization leaders wow it it does it really does seem counterintuitive that they're helping staff create those exit strategies so 
you know, you've, you've talked about knowing about the next steps, but why is it important to have a strategy or a process? Like, I mean, we all know that once we finish in a corporate career, that there's something beyond that. It's a bit like the afterlife, I guess. But um, yeah. why is it so important to have a plan as opposed to just laissez-faire? I'm guessing it creates some happiness in knowing what the path's going to be, but but what makes them so important and important to the point where organisations are actually investing in doing this for their staff? Well, if you look at the economy the way it's been the last couple of decades, which it, it's really been... It, um, it's quite erratic, isn't it? Unhealthy. Yes, very erratic, unhealthy, unhealthy for many organizations. You have because what happens is people people freeze. They they have that scarcity mentality of, oh, business is down. Is that going to happen to us? And when they start feeling that, they become very unproductive. Mm-hmm. So by going in and working with these leadership teams, and they take this information down, you know, through all levels of the organization, but when they know that there is something else out there, it makes them happier, and ironically, it makes them much more productive within the organization as well. Mm, I guess, um, and what you've said there makes sense, it stops them from freezing, and it makes them more productive because they're not so scared about the unknown and I guess right. for me that comes back to the to one thing it's almost about communicating with your teams that yes. there is there is something there is a purpose that you know it's not uh, getting made up as you go along that really there is a plan and there's a strategy and and I think when people are informed uh, they're a lot more engaged and they're a lot more productive they are engaged and productive and i and i use this from from experience and again speaking of girl scouts for example the board presented in 2005 and said in one year we would like you to realign the organizations across the country okay. and as the ceo you know my first thought was okay how do i keep my good people in place mm. i don't want them leaving and not only that when June 30th comes, I want to make sure that my people have the training, have the skills, have what they need to be able to go out and find another job somewhere or figure out what it is that they want. To, maybe it's become self-employed, become an entrepreneur, but I didn't want them working and coming in day to day in with the mentality of scarcity or being scared that is today the day. Am I out of a job today because it doesn't help performance and I still needed them to perform uh. and do the jobs that we had to do in addition to creating this major realignment that happened across the country. And and it was phenomenal. I mean, when June 30th came, we finished that year. It was our best year ever. Wow. And that was knowing that we were out of a job. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that would be a challenge, getting people to engage when there is a realignment and the practicality of things is that they -hmm. don't necessarily know whether they are going to be out of a job. But if they are, they feel like there's a better place for them to go to, isn't it? Right, right. There's a better place. You know, they're not going into a dark tunnel. Yep. They know that there's something that's going to be on the other side for them. And it's not just this because I've been interviewing a lot of um, business leaders, C-suite leaders for my new book that is coming out this year talking about 
emotional engagement. It talks about the exit strategy. And I don't mean an exit strategy where somebody's going to be leaving next week. I'm talking maybe three years, five years, maybe even 10 years from now. But they know that there's something at the end of the rainbow that's going to be there waiting for them if this were to happen. And reality is, these days, three years is a great period of time to get out yes. of somebody yet often I don't know about you but I'm still seeing in organizations people are interviewing and looking for somebody that they're thinking is going to be with them for the next 10 or 20 years but and that's that not reality happen. no no it's just not reality anymore so really this um, this process of helping create exit strategies could be useful in an organization where um, for example they know they're about to go through some downsizing maybe they've acquired mm -hmm. another business and there's some right. integration or as you said realignment or if potentially you know that there's going to be an outplacement of staff rather than um, outplacing those staff to an external provider where it's an arm's length transaction and the yes. People feel very disengaged or disenfranchised from the business. This is a great mm -hmm. way of delivering that service um, in a in a much uh, more personal way and really showing yes. that showing your your employees that you really do care about what's happening rather than um, just I guess um, corporate cost cutting and slashing of jobs. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right there. It's because the company is showing the employees, we do care about you. Mm. It's it, this, you know, it's not all about the numbers. It's because we do care about you and we want you to be successful. Unfortunately, it might not happen in our company, be, you know, for a number of reasons, you know, restructuring or like you said, they're buying out other companies and integrating those businesses. And when that happens, you know, so, you know, and people know that somebody's going to be gone. So what better way to approach it than to say, we're going to help you. Uh, there was another, I worked for a, a public company or a private company rather many years ago. And when they closed their doors, it was the most scariest thing to witness. Uh, unfortunately, I did not get one of those phone calls. But <laughs> The telephone would ring and the person on the other end from human resources would say, please come to our office. And it, it was, you know, it, it, you, you're walking into the gas chamber because, you yeah. know, you were walking there to be told you were done. Pack your things. Get out today. It was the worst feeling to have that happen and every time the phone would ring it would be like, please, please not be, you know, not be human resources because everybody was so scared so afraid and this went on for several weeks so what do you think production was for those several weeks mm, pretty low Nothing. everybody's pretty fearful low. nobody wants to yeah because they're um they're out of the loop right right it's very very low so show your people that you care for them even if you're letting them go it could be you know because the day came when when we were closing our office for the girl scouts i mean my i had a staff of 86 people we were celebrating i mean there there were teary there were, were not a dry eye in the room but it was tears of happiness mm -hmm. that we knew that we were going to be going on to something even better because we were prepared for it Mm, mm. And I'm just thinking as we as we talk further, when we talk about the benefits, um, 
this this process of creating exit strategies not only provides the benefits of uh, ensuring continued productivity by staff, but even more importantly, I think you're not going to have um, staff that ha- that leave the organisation with a negative right. view of the company. And we all right. know today with social media. All it takes is for somebody to bitch and moan on social mm-hmm. media about their company, and that goes, you know, Vir- I mean, before viral. before they walk to the parking lot, it's mm-hmm. out there, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it also it's impacts on future opportunities because if, for example, you know, you worked in an organisation where uh, you know you were having to realign somebody out of the business. And then somewhere along the track, your paths cross and, and you need to do work together. You don't want there to be something like a, a wedge between you. You don't want there to be anger over the past, over something that you couldn't control. So it, it right. also prepares for future opportunities and and stops them from uh, feeling guilt or holding a grudge or feeling like a victim or any of those sorts of things. Absolutely. I mean, and and that's one of the key points as well, because like you said, you the company wants to maintain their reputation. Mm-hmm. Okay, they still want to maintain that credibility. They don't want to have that negative sense uh, where they're the top employees that they really do want to attract that aren't going that are not going to go to that company. But if someone knows that the company cares about their people, they're going to go there. And it, sometimes it's not even the highest paid job highest paid position but knowing that the company cares about them is going to be more attractive especially with today's younger generation because they want to work with the company that cares about them yeah yeah money is no longer the driving factor no no it's not so it's not so connie how do people feel when you go into an organization and you start to work with them and you mention an exit strategy do they bristle up do they go hang on a minute that's counterintuitive do they go oh my god am i being outplaced we we address that before we i even sit down and start working with teams because i initially and of course it's through the hr or you know maybe the president or somebody that i know directly that we have the conversation with but the introduction is made to the leadership team before i even sit down with them so they know so the company is already preparing them and saying you know we want to be we want to support people and we want to have really great productivity and you know they have my bio they have information they have some white papers that i've done with the different organizations i've worked with so the leadership leadership team already knows before I come in and sit down and start having those conversations with them. So that being the case, I think it's pretty clear so far the benefit this has to an organisation in regard to increasing the productivity and commitment of, of staff. But does the exit strategy um, also have, like, I guess, some stepping stones? So it might be a 10-year exit strategy, but along that path there, there could be opportunities for career progression that might provide you know, a transition path for, you know, let's just say um, uh, a young person, and not when I say young, I don't necessarily mean mm. in their 20s, but a young executive, maybe uh, first time um, managing people, moving through that process. Um, does does that help um, 
make them more productive and, and, and how would that work as a stepping stone rather than an exit strategy? So an exit strategy would be from, from where you are now to the end, but there might be stepping stones. There there definitely are. And I, I uh, oftentimes work very closely with the HR team and evaluate some of those middle managers. Mm-hmm. And we, we put um, – criteria in place we look at what their goals are within the organization and we have those conversations with them you know trying to find out what are their goals where do they want to go with the organization and then once we identify what those goals are then it's do they have the skills what training do they need to get those skills and how much does the company want to invest in in that person and then we do we outline uh, you could, you know, call it a timeline or a schedule. We outline that schedule of, you know, you get this training, you know, check off the boxes as they go through all of the all of the training. We even create create a shadow shadowing program mm-hmm. where they could shadow some of the senior the senior executives, and then when the time comes when the company is looking to promote within the organization, these people are ready. They're ready to take those that stand rather than again a position comes available in the company and more times than know what I'm seeing more today than I did previously the companies are going outside they're not going internal they're not looking within the company to see who qualifies for these positions so by being able to set these people in place and put them in motion maybe you know in two three four years from now they're ready for that promotion so the company is saving money yeah, because the, the people are internal. They know the history of the organization. They've trained them on the processes of the organization, and they're not paying top dollar to search companies to go out and find the right person that's going to fit into the culture of the organization. So it's saving a lot of time and a lot of money for the organizations as well. Absolutely. And the progression, you know, there's less time to upskill because Mm -hmm. research shows that it can take up to uh, somebody's annual salary by 1.5 in order to uh, to replace someone. And it can take, you know, three or four months, depending upon the role, to get somebody up to speed. So that's three months of of lost productivity or if it's a sales role, you know, lost sales, isn't it? Yes, yes, because you could train somebody on a skill. You could train somebody for what the company is, but it's much harder to integrate somebody into the culture of the organization. (laughs) So if you're hiring from within somebody that's already producing, somebody that has followed the the steps that it takes to to get to that position, it's much cleaner for an organization to be looking within the organization. Yeah, like you said, a cultural fit. And it's also Mm -hmm. useful in a, particularly I would imagine in larger companies, although just as relevant in a smaller company, because if there's an acquisition or if there's uh, something happens in another country or somebody leaves, it's much easier to shift people around because, you know, it might just be a matter of them acclimatizing to uh, a new culture because they're going right. to a different part of the business in, in a different country. Um, right. But as you said, the culture and, and everything is, is the same. But definitely a lot of money to be saved by uh, by yes. not having to uh, outplace staff or to go outside the business to recruit. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think this is the the way businesses are starting to go, that they're starting to look at, you know, how they might be able to better manage this internally as opposed to, you know, going out externally to a lot of these things? Is that something you're seeing in your experience in the U.S.? I I do. I mean, for, for a time over the last few years, I've seen more companies going out of the organization. But I, I probably in the, only in the last uh, maybe less last few years, I, I should say, that I'm starting to see that there is a turnaround, that the organizations are trusting more of the people that they have in the organization. Because what happened, if you go back to the, you know, the mid-90s when a lot of companies had to either close down, um, downsize, realign and that's what happened with the girl scouts you know because we looked at the economies of scale you know we were losing our our customer base girls because they have more opportunities to do many more other things Mm -hmm. and organizations had this as well so they were losing trust in the people they had working in the organizations so if you have a Fortune 500 company, for example, and the board of directors is looking at the internal capacity of the people that they have on board and lost a lot of trust from you know, back in the 90s. So that's why the past decade they were looking outside of the organization. So now, so now it's starting to come back around where they spent so much time, so much money uh, lost a lot of time and money doing that. So now they're starting to turn that back around where they are looking within the organization, looking at the people that really are stepping up to the plate, uh, you know, high productivity. They're looking for the leaders within the organization and they're starting to spend more time, more resources on the people that they have within the organization because they realize that by bringing the people from the outside doesn't always work. Huh. It doesn't always work. So, Connie, let's let's talk about how you go about doing this. So, typically, if you were to come in and into an organization and do something like this, I would imagine you work with a particular group of people initially. You wouldn't go in and everybody in the organization. But typically, how long does it take to go through a process of setting up an exit strategy with a team? Well, there's a couple different programs that I I lay out. Uh, You could call it a menu approach, depending depending on the size of the organization, uh, depending on you know how much work they're looking for for somebody. So let's just take for example, it's a Fortune 500 company. They have um, you know, let's just take one location. So they have a thousand people in one location. They have five people on their leadership team, and then it starts. You know, funneling down from there, I start immediately working with the CEO of the company. Mm-hmm. Sit down. We, you know, I, I do an interview, what I call a reverse interview. I ask them, you know, where is their pain? Where are they stuck? You know, we talk about the exit strategy because, again, that's one of, you know, the area that I focus on. And we talk about the value and the importance of that. Then we bring the HR director or vice president we bring them into the picture so now we start i design together with them i have a foundation of what the program looks like and what i i need to do and sometimes i need to push 
through some of the barriers in organizations as well. Mm -hmm. So we get the HR team and then the senior leadership team involved and we create and design the program that they feel is going to work for their organization, of course, with my input and how, how we go about that. So then I start out by holding, and this is a full year program, and we start out by holding quarterly team sessions with the entire team. I do I do training on site, their location, and we go through that training for two and a half days. But then in between, I do one-on-one coaching with the leadership team as well. I start speaking with them about what are their goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where do they want to be? Where do they see themselves in the organization over over a period of time? And some of them have really, I mean, very strong dreams and aspirations of something else that they want to be doing. But, you know, they can't step away just yet. So we talk about that. So they have private sessions and they're going to have one on one recommendations, um, business insight that they're going to get from me. That's not even shared with the CEO or HR department. Mm. And so I guess it gives them permission and a space to actually say, Mm. hey, I've really dreamed of doing this. Yes. Yes. It gives them that space base Mm. and that they know it's confidential and again coming it's already been approved of by the leadership team that this is this all happens and it's even the ceo we have those conversations and together as a unified team when we come back together they share as much as they want to share again that information is confidential it doesn't it doesn't come from me mm-hmm. but what happens and through it all i mean we really get into how to have those difficult conversations we we talk about how to have very strong business meetings how do we bring this all to the table so everybody's listening to each other so there's a little bit of communication that falls into play there and you know then how they're communicating with their team but at the end of the day it's it's the the culture changes i mean the 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 room just becomes brighter everybody's smiling because they know that if i have to leave my job tomorrow i know i have some place to go mm-hmm. i know i'm okay rather than feeling like uh, You've had your umbilical cord cut and you just left to float. Yeah, great, great example. So that got me thinking that really it's what you're doing is a bit like creating an organizational will if I look for look for a um you know um an individual yes. sort of mm-hmm. you, but what you you do is you go in and you're create you've got a program that creates the time and the space to have those discussions in a way right. that is respectful. Yes. And a way that's purposeful mm-hmm. and that that draws out what people's um, ideas and dreams for where they want to be. And it creates an opportunity for you, for you to then come back to executive and go, well, hang on a minute. You've got somebody here who you might not have earmarked as a, a, a person of progression, but here's the areas they want to explore. I, I guess to a degree it's also an extension of uh, traditional career management within an organization. It is. It is a bit because especially in the larger organizations, unfortunately, so many of them still work in silos. Yeah. 
And then you have the people in the organization that are afraid to speak up. You know, they're they're afraid. So I'm almost that, you know, you know, share it with me, bounce it off me, your ideas, and then yes, I can go to management, upper management or human resources and say, Yes, you've overlooked somebody here that you know, look look at their history, look at their skills, and they have a desire to do this. Mm. And and their frustration level is they're not getting noticed. Yep. And that's the sort of thing that a skill matrix, an organizational skill matrix won't pick up. Yes, yes. And sometimes, and, and some still surprising, you would think, especially a lot of your major companies would have something such as that in place, but they, they miss that. They, well, they still miss that, that piece. They're, too, they're often too busy reacting to the stuff that's happening around them as opposed to having that time and space, as I said, to discuss or to think yeah. proactively about stuff. I, I, I almost feel like business has become very reactive because of the 24-7 connectivity. There's, yes. We've created this expectation, whether it's real or not real or perceived, uh, it doesn't really matter, but we've created this expectation about instantaneous responsiveness and that that's the priority but sometimes we need to step back and if we go back to you know Gerber Michael Gerber's e-myth book sometimes we've got to look uh, at the business rather than working in the business in the business right you bring up a good point there and the, the one thing that I'm seeing too again yes they're they're very reactive to business and they're not really paying attention to the people and and to what's going on in the organization that they're missing a lot and again and with with technology the the way it is today it's it takes them in a much different direction than they should be rather than focusing on the business it's you know let's react you know we got to put out another fire and so when I come in, it's it's having that third set of eyes that are saying, mm. okay, go put out the fire, but I'm going to be watching over here to see who is really managing that fire the way they need to be, who's putting it out, and who's really more proactive. So then what happens with the company, and this happened just recently, they were looking outside the organization, and I spoke to them, and I said, what if, and this is somebody I've worked with before, Let's go back, because I remembered a certain individual that would fit the description of what they were looking for in that job description. And, of course, this person was overlooked. And I said to them, if you allow me to go back and look at the people in your organization, I can guarantee you I am going to save you almost $100,000 that you were going to spend by hiring a search company to go outside the organization to find somebody. Mm. So they accepted my challenge, uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't have said it unless I knew there was somebody there. And I went back. The person was still there. I spoke with the, the leadership team. I spoke with HR, and I your person is internal. You don't need to spend that money to go outside to find somebody. And this was about maybe six months ago, and... After speaking with that person myself, uh, with our one-on-one conversation, they were ready to leave the organization Mm -hmm. because they felt that they were being overlooked and not considered for this position. Yeah. So it was a a two-way street because the, the individual wasn't sharing their desire to take that next step. Well, the and you know that might not have been an intentional thing. Maybe they just assumed that they would be noticed, 
and right. didn't want to necessarily, you know, raise a flag because a lot of people right. just don't want to blow their own horn. And, and they don't. And they don't want to rock the boat. They don't, you know, don't want to appear that they're not happy with what they're doing. But they would have lost a very good employee if this connection wasn't made right within their right within their own house. Mm. So they were missing that. They were missing that connection. And it saved them a lot of money. Wow. Wow. Now, Connie, I don't know about you, but I already know that we could talk for absolute ages on this this oh, topic <laughs> but uh, we're fast running out of time uh, if if um you know we could just maybe talk about a couple of things that might lead people to think a bit more about how they could start looking at planning and introducing exit strategies within their organization you know how how can you have the initial conversation in a business to go well this might be something that we want to explore have you got some suggestions well, the one the one thing um, before I go there is, I want to cautious. I want organizations to be very cautious because of technology today, because of the twenty four seven and the information mm. overload that's out there. Is don't pick the best. You know, oh, it's the flavor of the day, so let's try that. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing I'm seeing that too much. Oh, this is really good. Let's try it. Oh. Well, next month, let's try try something else. You really need to pick something that's going to continue driving the success of the organization, but also allow the organization time to take a step back to look internally, look at their people, start having the conversations with their people. I mean, you do the annual reviews. I mean, a lot of times it's just going through the motions, but really ask your people what are their goals? What are their career goals? Where do they see themselves in the organization, you know, one, two, three, four years from now? If they were to leave, ask them those hard questions. If they were to leave by choice or because of downsizing within the company, what do you have? What would be your plan B? Mm. And don't be afraid to have those difficult conversations with people. Well, there's a couple of really powerful things there, I I think, you know, that any organisation can implement. And, uh, you know, most organisations these days, certainly they're doing their performance reviews annually, but we're often finding that, you know, it can be six monthly or quarterly, or in some instances, it might be an ongoing thing that's happening, you know, every every month, there's just some sort Mm -hmm. of informal review process. Right, right. And my my husband runs... runs, um... A large corporation, and I'm I, I and I know you know when you're running large large organizations. I mean, you get, you know, you're you're in deep with all the work. Like you said, you're reacting to things that that you have to do, and I'm always reminding him: make sure you talk to your people. Mm. You know, you know, speak with them, talk to them. You know, walk walk out on the floor. You know, just. Ask them how they're doing. Let them know that they can come to you to have those open conversations. So then when it is time to have those critical conversations or ask those critical questions, they're not going to be so, um, you know, caught off guard themselves back or caught off guard right to when you ask those questions. And, you know, be really open. Be really, really open about that. Mm-hmm. Well, Connie, you've shared some fantastic insights, and I'm sure for many of our listeners, they've never even 
thought of some of the things that we've discussed today. Um, Now, uh, I know you're based in the US, but I'm imagining that potentially a a lot of this stuff, um, if necessary, could be delivered from from almost anywhere, although ideally it's it's face-to-face. If some of our listeners were interested in touching base with you to get maybe some more information on the services you offer, how's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, I uh, my work has taken me around the globe, and the best way to contact me is go into my website, and it's ConnieFifeSpeaks.com. Now, I know Fife could be spelled a little bit different. It's P-H-E-I-F-F, but it doesn't matter how you spell it. It'll take you to ConnieFifeSpeaks.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, Connie. Really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here, Donna. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for this Expert Insights CD. For more information on productivity technology strategy and training, visit the website donnahanson.com.au. Until next time, this is Donna Hanson, helping you work smarter and not harder with technology. Bye for now.